Welcome back to our podcast called Thinking About It. We're glad you could join us. I'm here with Dr. Stan Fowler from Heritage. Uh, my co-host, I'm Bob McGregor, lead pastor from Grandview Church, where both Stan and I are active members. Uh, we serve the Lord together in these interesting times. Uh, Stan, uh, we're, a lot of people are um, reflecting on how uh, the church should respond to a God that oversees or creates things like corona of some sort. And you and I have read, as a number of people have, uh, N.T. Wright's article that says some interesting things uh, about um, how we respond. Not all of them are agreeable. Some are. Let's, uh, let's have a conversation about how, how do we think about um, this circumstance and who do we get mad at or who do we complain to and uh, there's a lot here to think about. And uh, now, for those that don't know it, N.T. Wright, Tom Wright, is uh, is one of the world's best-known biblical scholars. Um, he's a professor at St. Andrews in Scotland, also connected to Wycliffe Hall at, at the University of Oxford. Um, actually, earlier on in his career, taught at McGill, right here in Canada. Um, so in Time magazine... Uh, he wrote an article entitled, Christianity Offers No Answers About the Coronavirus. It's not supposed to. Um, as with most of what Tom Wright writes, um, it's provocative. It grabs attention. It, it, it certainly gets attention. Um, I mean, I, I still wish I, I could speak with a, with a British accent in the same kind of baritone voice that he has and think in paragraphs the way he does. But anyway, <laughs> I am who I am. He is who he is. But the, he makes the point in this article that um, we are, we're rationalists and not really biblical Christians if we think there, there ought to be a, a ready explanation for everything that happens. So he's taking a, a shot at those Christians who, who believe they can say, all right, this is why God has allowed the coronavirus uh, pandemic to happen. We, we, we can explain. It's, it, it can be expressed in many different ways. They may say he's calling the church in the Western world to repent of its materialism. He's reminding us all about, about the fallenness of the world, um, et cetera, et cetera. But, it, but Wright's argument is that that's assuming something that isn't true. It's assuming that we ought to be able to explain um, things like this. As an alternative, he says, what we need to recapture is the biblical sense of lament. And he starts there with the Psalms. In fact, probably the largest category, genre within the Psalms is that of lament. God's people saying to the Lord, we're in a mess. Things are not good. Why have you let this happen? When are you going to act? How long, Mm -hmm. Lord? I mean, that's a significant category of lament. And he says, that's the posture we ought to have in this time, lament. And you're going to make a comment. Well, I'm just thinking... um, two things we we do have uh, a way of thinking biblically about calamity and i think yes. what what Wright is saying that in this particular case we don't have a word from god 
But we can speak generally to um, what God does or what God's will is uh, in in the context of calamity. In some cases, uh, in the Old Testament, we know exactly what God was doing. We may not know that here right now, but but I, I so I disagree with him on that. But he does have a point. Um, it is appropriate for us to just lament without an answer. Yes. I mean, that's what the psalmists are doing. And we're, we're, we're sometimes saying, I'm supposed to have an answer, and I'm supposed to be happy. I'm not supposed to lament. I'm supposed to be joyful in the Lord at all times. And typically, as he admits in the lament psalms, there there is ultimately an affirmation that, although we don't understand why God is doing what he's doing, we we believe that he is going to act in a way ultimately that will enable us to make sense of it and and will enable us to to give him praise and and so i i mean i think we we would agree it's appropriate um that we make space for a lament uh in in our christian life in our christian worship we need to be able to say lord we don't understand it, would it be wrong for us to say, I, I, I do understand our country is under the judgment of God, and let's face it, we've often wondered how long God's going to put up with the way that we are in his face, mocking uh, marriage and so on and so forth. And is it is it appropriate for us to say God is judging us and the response needs to be repentance? Well, we can surely, we can at the very least say, Calamities like this are a reminder that this world is not the way it ought to be. And, and, and the biblical revealed truth is it's not the way it was at the start. There is the, it's not, we have not mm-hmm. only God as creator, but we have the reality of the fall. And so it is certainly true that we, we know in Scripture on occasion God uses calamities like this to... Um, to discipline, to judge uh, human beings and call them to repentance. And and if a calamity like this reminds us that the world is broken and fallen and that, in fact, we contribute to mm-hmm. that, we are fallen people, then it may well be uh, something God uses to to draw many people to to repentance and, and to faith. So it's certainly true to say this calamity, like others, is a powerful reminder that we're not ultimately in control, and and ultimately we're cast upon upon the Lord. Um, I th- I think Tom Wright does better at talking about the way in which we ought to lament here, admitting that that we can't, without a prophetic word from God, we can't pretend to give detailed explanation about exactly why God is doing what he's doing. The, the greater problem with what he says, it seems to me, is that he goes on to, to argue that somehow God laments in much the yeah. way that we do. And, and that's what's so problematic. Now, now he points to um, things like um, Genesis and, and how God was grieved um, at, right. at the way his creatures had, were, were living. And Jesus by Lazarus's tomb. Jesus weeps at the tomb of Lazarus. Um, he talks also about, about Romans 8 and what Paul says about, about the spirit groaning within us. 
I think what he what he gets wrong there in that particular text is that in that text Paul says, "We who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan as we encounter this fallen world and we long for things to be different." Um, I mean, that's the context where Paul talks about. It's as if the creation itself were mm-hmm. in the pains of childbirth, longing to, to bring forth something new and different. Um, but in that text, when, when he talks about the Spirit's groanings, it's the Spirit interceding for us so that our inarticulate prayers become articulate. Because the Spirit prays according to the will of, of the Father. So... But the whole idea that somehow God laments in the way we do just gets it wrong because we we lament because we don't understand all of God's purposes. We don't we don't know where he's going with this. We don't know when he will intervene to to bring about a new day. And God is not ignorant of his purposes. Mm-hmm. But he still he still weeps. He still weeps. God definitely, but not because he cares. doesn't know what's happening. Not because he doesn't know what's happening, not and not because and I mean Wright says, for example, um, some Christians like to think of God as above all that, knowing everything, in charge of everything. I might be one of them. Yeah, I might be too. Now he goes on to add, calm and unaffected by the troubles in the world. The the unaffected by the troubles in the world. It depends on what he means by that. Jesus was but affected. Jesus cares. God cares about the troubles in the world. But when he questions the idea that God knows everything and God is in charge of everything, he just, in my opinion, he, he fails to capture the biblical sense that, that in, a very, in a sense we don't fully understand, all that happens is within God's providential will. God works all things according to the counsel of his own will. The, the Hebrew prophets over and over speak about how God has a plan for all the nations. All that's happening in the nations ultimately is traceable to God's sovereign Okay, will. so what would be, because uh, we've got maybe four and a half minutes left, okay. what would be an appropriate prayer, a lament for us right now, given the COVID crisis that we're in? How, how would you recommend that a, a theologically informed believer respond in prayer to that? I think it calls us to say, Lord, we, we are suffering along with people worldwide. We, we don't know all that there is to be known about this. We certainly don't pretend to understand all of your purposes. We, we want this to come to an end, and, and we pray that you will be at work, both through creatures and, and our agency, and through your own uh, sovereign direct intervention to, to lead us out of this ultimately and, and to enable all of us involved in it now to act rightly and wisely, even as we wait to see the way in which you are going to bring good out of, out of this evil. So would you say that in our... Um anguish, our legitimate identification. Some of us know people that are suffering right now. At at the same time that we express that angst, there's a tone that uh, we're comforted by the the knowledge that God is working out his good will for his glory. And can we 
Can we hold both of those in a single lament? Well, I think we have to, and, 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 and that's what <laughs> generally shows up in the biblical psalms of lament. I mean, in, in, in many ways, when, when the psalmist express their dismay and say, Lord, how, how long until you act? How is it that you're letting this happen? It, they're they're mm-hmm. lamenting because they believe that right. God really is in control yeah, of this everything. This is not the way it's supposed to be. They know how it's supposed to be. And they know that God is in control, and that's why, that's why they have legitimate questions about why he's exercising his control in this particular way. But they affirm that he is in control. And even in, I think of a psalm like Psalm 44, where, where it's a corporate lament. Lord, we, as far as we can tell, we're not unfaithful to your covenant, and yet we're suffering defeat. We're suffering terribly. Why is it? I mean, at the end of the psalm, they pray, rouse yourself, Lord, awake and act. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know people who would say, well, that's a low view of God. But it's not. It assumes a high view of God. It assumes that God is there. He is in control. And and he can indeed act, and we expect him mm-hmm. to act. So it's like the whole problem of evil. How mm-hmm. how can how can God be omnipotent and loving, and yet there be evil in, in the world, coronaviruses and everything else? Well, it's 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 a problem because we affirm mm-hmm. a high view of God, mm-hmm. His power and His goodness. It 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 forces legitimate questions. But in a biblical form of lament, we confess our anguish and our perplexity and and the fact that we don't understand exactly what God is doing, but we trust him to act in a way that will achieve his good purpose. If if we had no faith, if if we had an atheistic, humanistic worldview, we might just say it sucks. Life sucks. Life sucks. There's no expectation of anything else. But you're right. When you're a believer, it goes to a, a new level of of inner turmoil because we know better. We know God is good. Why is this happening? And the atheist doesn't have that tension. I'm kind of reminded in Acts where uh, Herod was breathing out threatenings on the church. And the prayer when they were gathered together was, Lord, behold, you know, behold your people. Look at the circumstances. And I think that's, if you don't know how to pray, that's a good way to pray. Lord, we don't know what's going on. Just take a look and be God. That gets me through. Uh, Well, Stan, this is probably a conversation that people are going to have more and more, and it's a good conversation, but we're a little bit out of time. Uh, So we just want to encourage uh, our listeners to uh, go before the Lord in lament and allow the Spirit of God to encourage you with the promises of God. We sorrow not as those who have no hope. I'm Bob McGregor. And I'm Stan Fowler. Thanks for listening to Thinking About It. See you next time. Goodbye for now. Thank you.